This is a cup of coffee in the big time. Cup of coffee in the big time. Where we drink coffee and watch wrestling. Sometimes it's great wrestling. Sometimes it's bad wrestling. Tonight, it's bad wrestling. And we cannot wait to watch it and talk about it and break it down. If you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, in the upper left-hand corner, you see him right there. He's wearing a blue shirt. Says we didn't something with a pair of glasses. I don't know. Maybe it's a Harry Carey reference. But he's looking chiseled and jacked with his sleeves cut off. He is madness, madness. Hey, it says we didn't suck. It's a uh, 2016 Chicago Cubs ripoff World Series uh, shirt. All right. And, uh, that's uh, one I know Joey Vegas will love there, but uh, that was the uh, the peak of my fandom in sports. Uh, you can't, you couldn't see anything better than the Cubs winning the World Series. So is that like a shirt you bought off of some guy coming off of a, a, of an expressway? You know what? Actually, somebody that I helped out uh, with some of their fitness and health stuff sent me this as a gift. Oh, and, nice! Uh, I chopped nice. sleeves off, and you know, two of the biggest championships that I can ever think of witnessing in my entire life was the Cubs winning the world series and David Arquette winning the WCW championship. Do you have any shirts with sleeves on them? I've been wearing, have you been up and paying attention the last two shows? <laughs> I've had sleeves on. Okay. Motherfucker. I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, in the uh, underneath me down there, right there in the, the center, he is the sexiest big man. Oh, in podcasting. He is the one, the only, the incomparable. Vegas, Vegas. Yeah, you didn't suck that year, but whatever happened to the hundred years before that? Hey, man, fuck it. I didn't live most of those. I I got to be on the earth during the times when they didn't suck that one year. You and they sucked, follow, they've sucked uh, ever since. Yes, they have. And uh, we are, as Yankee fans, we are enjoying the fruits of Anthony Rizzo's labor, especially this season. You could follow this wrestling podcast on Instagram at coffee and wrestling subscribe to us on youtube also at coffee and wrestling you could go to coffee and wrestling pod.com to find all the links to subscribe to this show you can follow myself ford on twitter at ford complains you can follow vegas on twitter at joey s vegas and the S does not stand for strutting and cutting. And you can follow Madness on Instagram. That's right. He doesn't have a Twitter. Fuck you, Elon, he says. His Instagram is at the Mike Madness. That's madness, not sadness. So we have a great show planned tonight. And by great, I mean the wrestling is going to be god awful. But it is the anniversary. The 23-year anniversary of David Arquette becoming the WCW champion. And we will discuss, and we are actually going to watch that match here on this show. So if you want to get your peacock ready for that. Madness. Oh, and we're also going to play uh, Who Am I? It's the guessing game where I give these J-Brones some clues. They have to guess who I am, and if they don't get it right, I win and they lose. So we are looking forward to that. And also, JCD is here 
with a PW120. And I'm drinking this week this uh, Seattle's best organic fair trade dark rose bullshit coffee madness. I gave you guys shit on uh, our last show. And then this night tonight, as we record this podcast, you guys are drinking coffee madness. Uh, you're drinking it out of a nice little cup. Why don't you show us that cup? Yeah, I want to take a look at that there. I got four beautiful ladies on my cup. If you're not watching on YouTube or Spotify right now, their names are uh, Dorothy, Sophia, Rose, and Blanche. You may know them better as the Golden Girls. And inside here, I have some Cafe Postello. And I, uh, since this is so late for me here, I am two hours ahead of you guys. You know, I think coffee is something that I'm going to need for this show. And uh, this is just a generic brand that they sell in stores uh, over at the old Meyer by me. I don't think they have Myers out by you guys. But uh, that's where I picked up this uh, this brand, and it's our, our go-to here in this house. And uh, Vegas, what do you got going on uh, over there, bud? Uh, nothing but the best over here. Uh, it is uh, what I like to call cheap-ass dollar store coffee. Beautiful. <laughs> yep. So when do you guys want to play the Who Am I game? We want to do the match. We want to do the... The build up to the show first, and then play. Who yeah, am let's I? Uh, let's let's get to the show first, and uh, and get that going, and then I think it's a nice way to sort of close things up. Then all right, all right. So, how did we get to this moment? How did we get to this anniversary? April twenty six, two thousand. David Arquette becomes the WCW World Champion. Let's. Take a trip, a trip down memory lane, a memory that we, at the time, wish we could have forgotten. But now, is it really, was it really that bad? So, uh, Madness, Ready to Rumble comes out April 7th, 2000. So, just a mere uh, couple of weeks before the now infamous April 26th. Ready to rumble so bad it's good? I don't know, man. I think if you're a wrestling fan, you can kind of get some sort of appreciation out of it. And I'll never know what that movie is like to, to watch as a non-wrestling fan. Um, So I could imagine a non-wrestling fan shitting all over it. I haven't seen this movie in probably about 20 years. I do own it on DVD. Um, But you know what? I, I, I got to say, it's it was pretty terrible. Overall, when I, when I look back, I, I would like to see it through my eyes today. I have to watch it again to really give you my true view on it. Now, what is so Arquette's in it and the other guy, Vegas, the other guy that's in that movie, is that the guy that was, uh, he also did Entourage? It was like uh, the king. He went by the name like the king or something, right? No, no, like like Arquette's buddy. Yeah. Um Scott Con, yeah, Scott Con, yeah, Scott Scott Con. yeah he went James Con's son. Come on. Yeah, he he went and did Entourage later on down the road. Uh, he, he was also in before that Varsity Blues and uh, all the Ocean's Eleven movies, Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen. And now he does one of those CBS shows, one of those crime shows on CBS. Can't think of the name. And the I guy mean, that the guy that produced this movie went on to do some stuff. Right? Or the guy that wrote it? Stephen Brill? Yeah. Didn't he go on to do some other things? 
Yeah, it sounds like it. That's something maybe you should have ready to go here if you're going to bring it up. Well, you know, I brought it up because, uh, you know, I was trying to get ready to rumble some kind of, you know, for being I don't, think, I don't think there's too many people that would be listening to this that want to really hear our, our thoughts on this uh, <laughs> terrible movie. So, but, uh, uh, so my next idea was going to be we watch it. Uh, DVD, since you have it on DVD, we'll watch it as a watch along. We'll watch the whole movie. You don't want to do that? I'll do it. Sure. Why not? I don't think many people will care, but I will uh, definitely uh, do that with you. Yes. So uh, April 10 is the uh, is the great reset. Russo and Bischoff are in charge of WCW. They're back collectively. Now they're a unit. They're brought in to work together on this thing, trying to save WCW. They vacate all titles, which is a key to this whole thing. And then there's a world title tournament and a new champ is crowned on April 16th at Spring Stampede as the chosen one. Jeff Jarrett beats DDP in the finals of the tournament when uh, Kimberly, DDP's wife, turns on DDP and whacks him with a guitar. Uh, a match you should definitely watch. One of the good uh, Jarrett-DDP matches. One of the better matches from, from this era full of bad, bad matches, and we'll get to those. And then we move along, Madness, to the uh, April 24th Nitro, and this is the week. This is when shit really hits the fan. The April 24th Nitro, uh, there's a scuffle involving Bischoff, Jared, DDP, and Arquette. There's a match made for that night between Bischoff and Arquette, and if Arquette wins... DDP gets a world title match later that night. The Bischoff-Arquette match goes a whole two minutes and ten seconds. There's a Jarrett guitar shot, but at the end of it, Arquette beats Bischoff. The uh, Jarrett guitar shot actually hits Bischoff, and that's what allows David Arquette to get the pinfall. And then later that night, there's a WCW world title match inside of a steel cage. That goes four minutes and 59 seconds and sees DDP beat Jarrett to become world champion. You mean to tell me they put a steel cage up for a four-minute match? Yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about that. Let's pause there because in today's day and age, there is no such thing as a four-minute and 59-second television match. Vegas. This has to be the shortest steel cage match in the history of steel cage matches. Four minutes and 59 seconds. It didn't even go five minutes. Well, I mean, I, I would think so. Um, I'm sure we can Google uh, this, but it, it just made no sense. I remember it at the time. It, it made no sense that they had a steel cage match and it was over before it even started. And Madness, did you watch the show live? You know what? I don't think I did, to be honest with you. I believe I was relatively checked out of WCW as far as making sure that I watched it. And I don't think I ever truly made Thunder a priority uh, throughout its uh, run. I just think that uh, by the time that show became a thing, the company had lost too much steam 
for me to really care about that show. They made it feel like a secondary program. Um, even though they put big names on it here or there, it just never had the nitro feel. And uh, so I didn't watch this. No, I don't recall. <clears throat> now I, I understand I'm a big defender of Vince Russo. And I understand the because Russo's mentality is the general public, the common man does not want to watch 17 minute Matt classics. And that's why Russo created Crash TV. And it's hard to argue with the success that they had in WWF doing matches kind of like this in terms of the time. But by the time they're doing these kind of matches in WCW, there's really no saving WCW. And we don't know that at the time. We know that now. We knew it March 27th of 2001. We didn't know it on April 26th, but I don't think, I mean, look, four minutes and 59 seconds. And this isn't even the main event. No, let me tell you something real quick here. Let me let me think of something like when 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 Russo came in with this crash TV, these ideas, this crazy shit that started going down over in WWF first, and then out into WCW when he ended up there. Before this, I know take away all the other promotions, you know, even WCW, New Japan, and all that. WWF, I mean, the the, the five star matches, the, the four or five star matches were very few and far between, in my opinion, prior to the Attitude Era. I, I mean, you had a few here and there that you could probably rattle off at the top of your head, but it was all story driven. It was all look at the size of him type shit. And, and, <laughs> and all the presentation and things like that, it was, it was sort of a larger than life type atmosphere. Let's look at these guys are going to, we still think it's kind of real at the time. So we didn't have to take so many crazy risks. So I think that like it kind of progressed to where that was getting stale and boring. And these, these matches that weren't much to look at as far as ring work went, we're getting old and that's where we were in 1994 and 95 and that new generation time. And then I think that this type of thing started to heat up a little bit. And then it was after this, where I think we really started to see ring work improve. Do you guys agree with what I'm thinking right now? Or am I just missing a bunch of shits focusing just on the main promotions here? Uh, I mean, I think you're onto something. Um, I think obviously there was some very good matches you know, in the 70s and 80s, obviously 70s are before our time, but I'm sure we've seen some of the greats. But yeah, the 80s, there were few and far between. Um, it was most mostly gimmick matches, uh, meaning character-wise, but still enjoyable at the time when you're kids. Oh, yeah, no enjoy- doubt. When you're, t- when you're kids, it's enjoyable. Now we look back on it and kind of look. like say, what is this? Right, exactly. We can go back to a lot of those, though, and, and pick out ones like the Savage Steamboat match. Uh, yeah. You got some... Uh, even like uh, Flair and Savage at WrestleMania, so Bret Hart's and Shawn Michaels matches, things like that. Yes, those are great worked technical matches that are they're there. Those not saying on pay per view, of course. Those and, are that's, the ones that are, and, and that's the difference. The most notable, obviously. Well, this is obviously on TV. Then yeah. we didn't get a lot of that on Raw or any of the primetime wrestling or superstars or any of that stuff. It was squash matches, and uh, here or there you'd get a uh, a couple of two relevant guys that were without a job or involved and. That was really all you got on TV. You had to really wait for the uh, pay-per-views to even see something. We rated over five, four stars prior to like the mid-90s, I'd say. 
Well, that was, I think, a large part due to WCW Monday Nitro. Because right. Bischoff started putting big names against each other on free TV. Big names on free TV. And I, I would even argue that him putting cruiserweights on that show really elevated the uh, the need for some in, in-ring talent to be to be shown off some of that ring work. I think those guys were really underrated, in my opinion. And I liked that aspect of WCW in the 90s, in the mid-90s, when they just started to pretty much kick off every raw nitro or excuse me nitro or pay-per-view with a uh with a cruiserweight match i thought those guys just just worked so well so two days later it's wcw thunder in syracuse new york and this part of the story i don't think it's mentioned enough so i'm bringing it up here to get your guys's opinion because i'm going to say this number and i don't even think you guys are going to realize this until i hear it until you hear this from me from my mouth there is 1,269 people at this at the war memorial for a TV taping of WCW Thunder. That was 1,000, just a little over 1,000, you say? 1,269 people at the war memorial for a TV taping, which this is the building. The war memorial is the same building that held 7,000 for the first ever In Your House pay-per-view in 1995. Was that in Greensboro? No, this is Syracuse, New York. Interesting. So 7,000 people are in the same building for a pay-per-view in 95. 95. That is collectively often looked at as a down period in the business. 95, they put 7,000 people in there. Yeah, it's a 7,000-seat arena. That's the yeah. sellout then. In, that in 2000 and 2000, the year 2000, when the business is at its hottest peak, arguably, of all time, WCW is so far down, they only put 1,269 people in here for a TV taping. And how many of those were paid? That's a number that I, I don't have, and I don't even want to know. You think it was all of them? No, no. I can't believe uh, I no. can't. It's I find it so hard to believe that in a relatively decent sized city like Syracuse, New York, it's not a it's not the biggest city in the world. It's 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 notable that that a, a promotion that's on TV and has done what it had done over the last five years could only draw one thousand people. I can't believe that. That's insane. And it's not like it's a house show either. It's a taping for television. It's a, it's not Nitro, but it's Thunder. So let me put it into perspective. A week prior to this, for a house show, ECW does 1,700 for a house wow. show. Not wow. in the same building, but just generally speaking. That says a lot. WCW is in an absolute free fall. I mean, this is a free fall at this point. And no one, no one's going to stop it. No one can stop it. We find out that no one does. No one had a parachute, not David Arquette, and, and, and certainly not Jeff Jarrett, Mike Graham, you piece of shit. So <laughs> this is... Um, you know he's dead, right? Yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I know he's dead, and I know how he died, too. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah, took the easy way out. 
Suicide so, if nobody nobody is aware. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suicide. Jeff Jarrett still here wrestling on TV. Mike Graham is dead as a doorknob. So uh Thunder starts. Uh it, it, let's get to the show. This is good. Tell me how great this show sounds, okay? I'm gonna break this whole show down for you. Now remember, I'm a Russo guy. Thunder starts. Bischoff, uh, Kimberly, and Jeff Jarrett pull up in a red Cadillac. Jarrett drags David Arquette out of the trunk. So that is our first kidnapping of the evening. Yes, I said our first kidnapping of the evening. <laughs> Jarrett holds Arquette in a headlock. So now they're in the ring. Uh, <clears throat> Jarrett holds Arquette in a headlock, demands that uh, DDP comes out. Jared demands a title rematch or he'll kill our cat. But this time, for some odd reason, he inexplicably wants a tag match for the WCW world title. He wants it to be a Bischoff and himself against DDP and our cat. Uh, DDP declines. He says he's not having any part of that. And uh, everyone scatters like cockroaches. Kimberly and DDP are the only two left in the ring. They're doing that whole divorce thing. She low blows him, yada, yada, yada. So DD me, as Mark Madden used to always call him, doesn't want to save the life of his friend Arquette, declines the title match, and Arquette is still in possession of uh, Jared and, and Bischoff, still have possession of David Arquette as they, they scampered through the crowd. Madness, did you watch the show today by any chance? Unfortunately, it wasn't in the cards for me to watch okay. the show today. And uh, based on the amount of people that attended, I guess you can't blame me for not going back to watch this. No, so, I'm glad you did it because I want you to. Be, I want you to hear it from my mouth to your ear. So I have the card. I have the card in front of me here. Oh yeah, I got that too. Yeah, you're gonna go ahead and, and rattle that off. So I'll let you go. I have that. Yeah, yeah, and the lengths of the matches. That's good stuff. Uh, so then uh, Oakland interviews the cat about Bam Bam Bigelow, the cat Ernest Miller. He's great. Never have a problem with, with Ernest the cat Miller. Uh, here's more Arquette stuff. So Bischoff, Jarrett, and Kimberly have Arquette in like a boiler room. There's like big pipes. They're like in the low bowels of the building. And uh, the kidnapping continues. Somehow, um, by the way, Kimberly caught up with them. Because remember, in the first segment, they all ran through the crowd. And Kimberly was left in the ring. She how she somehow caught up to Jarrett and Bischoff, uh, but DDP did not. So DDP does not know where his friend David Arquette is. Uh, the cat beats Bam Bam Bigelow in one minute and eight seconds. Oh, well, that buries Bam Bam. That's, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, this match, um, as you uh, you guys know, longtime listeners of the show or even maybe even short-time listeners of the show, know that I love to pull up um, cage match. Uh, any match under five minutes is not allowed to be vo uh, voted on or rated. So this match, not rated. Uh, DDP is still looking for Arquette mm -hmm. in the next segment. And then we have more from the boiler room with Jarrett uh, Bischoff and Arquette. Uh, in the second match of the evening, Canyon beats Sean Stasiak, the perfect one, in Two minutes and 41 seconds. So another match under five minutes that is not long enough to be rated. The post-match brawl 
sees uh Mike Awesome, Stasiak, uh Canyons in there, Kern Hennig's in there. They're all brawling. DDP comes out to save his friend, uh Canyon. And then that's when DDP accepts Jarrett's challenge for the main event, the tag match for the WCW world title. That's right. The tag match for the WCW world title. Mark Merrow is shown sitting ringside, looking fresh out of the 80s. Uh, Kidman beats Horace Hogan in five minutes and 34 seconds. Oh, 34 seconds, and now you can get a rating. Yep. And the rating on uh, cage match, not enough votes for a total rating. So. (laughs) So right now, where I'm at right now, I mean, how excited are you guys to turn around and watch the show when we're done recording this podcast? I am watching it right after. I mean, I, you know what? I'm going to throw it on just to see, because now that we've talked about it, it's kind of like, hey, I got to go and check this thing out. I think I'm going to watch it tonight. So Mark Merrow and Take Abbott get into a brawl. Tony Schiavone's like, he doesn't even work here, as Mark Merrill standing in the ring. Uh, I don't know how he ends up in the ring. He doesn't even doesn't even work there, but be that as it may. DDP finally fa- finds Arquette in the boiler room. Sting is drenched in a red liquid. He shows up from Nitro. Apparently, he has not showered since Nitro when he got soaked in the red liquid from the from the ceiling. He shows up uh, to beat the wall in a tables match in one minute and twenty seconds. So there's okay. that. Excellent. Uh, then there's a Russo, Shane Douglas, Buff Bagwell promo, Flair's in there, Luger's in there. And then this segment ends with Elizabeth being kidnapped, thrown in a car, and the car drives off. So that's now our second kidnapping um, on this very show. Uh, DDP tries to talk our kid out of uh, participating in the tag match. That happens. Paisley, who you now know as Charmel, uh, defeats Tammy in a match that is just as bad as you think it is, in three minutes and 22 seconds. Arquette uh, says he has hurt ribs, but insists he he could fight Bischoff. DDP insists that he shouldn't do the match. After that, Mike Awesome beats Booker T in five minutes and 11 seconds. You got a rating on that one? Not enough votes. So let me ask you a question. Do you have the time stamp? Uh, how long is this uh, main event, this this Arquette match? So the timestamp is 121.02, and the show ends at 130.26, and that's not counting entrances. So that's like, what, maybe average seven minutes? Um, Yeah, that does not give me a timestamp on cage match for some reason. But yeah, yeah. It doesn't have it on what I'm looking at either. But here's the thing is, now, Thunder's a two-hour show, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I kind of added up and estimated a little bit the matches you just read off, and then I estimated seven minutes for this main event. So in a two-hour show, a wrestling show, (laughs) this one boasts 25 minutes of what we call wrestling. And according to these ratings and such, that uh, these aren't really much of matches. Uh, Like, literally 25... Like, this is barely even a wrestling show at this point because uh, these matches, two of them... We're in just over a minute. And then from there's a two minute, a three minute, and then two five minutes. It's like, all right, like 
can we at least get like one or two solid work matches on the show? Uh, apparently not. But boy, this might have to run as a candidate as one of the worst televised wrestling shows yeah. ever shown in so, any way. After the Booker T Mike Awesome match, we have uh, Vince Russo love to do these um, these pre-tape uh, shoot style like worked interviews, and they do one with Bret Hart uh, in Canada. It's actually pretty good if you want to make time for that. It's probably the best thing on the show is uh, that pre-tape. And then uh, Jarrett and Bischoff are shown coming to the ring just to drag it out, take a little more time before the commercial break. DDP tells Arquette he's going to the ring by himself. Arquette agrees. And then as DDP walks away, Arquette immediately changes his mind. And then here we are. Season three, episode 16 on the cock, the peacock. We are at one hour, 21 minutes and two seconds is the time cue. We are about to watch Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff versus Diamond Dallas Page and David Arquette. In a tag match for the WCW world title. The same title held by Ric Flair. Yeah. It is about to be decided in a tag match on a motherfucking thunder in front of 1,200 people in Syracuse, New York. Wow. Well, let's count it down. What do you say, you guys? All yep. right. Go ahead. Right, well, count it down. Timestamp is one hour, 21 minutes, and two seconds. And get you guys a second to get there. That's WCW Thunder, April 26, 2000. On Peacock, it is listed as Season 3, Episode 16. And again, that's one hour, 21 minutes, and two seconds. So on a count of three, two, one, play. And here comes the chosen one. Look, anytime I get to see Double J... You really have a hard on for Double J. You know I'm about that life. You really have a massive, massive boner for this man. I think he's my probably like he's in my top three favorites of all time. You know we haven't done on the show. I don't believe. I don't believe we've each gone through. And we should do this. I think we should do a Mount Rushmore of our favorites. Personal. Let us let's let it be happen. Let's let oh, make it happen. But Jarrett's on there three times. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's it. Three, the three the three different incarnations of Jarrett. Uh, it's three uh, it's three incarnations of Jarrett, and his fucking guitar is the fourth, right? <laughs> fucking slap, slap fucking fanboy over here, slap Jesus. Slap Jarrett. Don't piss me off, Jarrett. And uh, my world, King of the Mountain, TNA, Jarrett. And how then, many yeah. times? How many times a week do you listen to "Baby"? It's my baby tonight, or whatever the fuck he's saying. I spend my days working hard on the go, and the hand on my cock keeps spinning too slow. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. I'm ripping off uh, Richard. Richard, right now, and yeah. I don't care. Yeah, but we're doing that here. Fuck him. Every night, that's the song I play as I fall asleep at night. That's nice. So you uh, masturbate to that and go to bed? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, if you want to do a Mount Rushmore episode, be prepared to talk about good old Double J. That's J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E. Double T. Uh -huh. Now, did you have you always been a big Jeff Jarrett fan, or oh. did this just come on later in life here? This oh. is this new man crush you have. This has been um Vegas could attest to this, I think. It's just, this has been a 
been a long time happening of a thing. Yeah, he cries when Jarrett's on his TV. I mean, it's been put a little a little more uh, on the surface uh, these last few months. Um, but no, it's I was one of those guys that had a slap nuts t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Like, so so what's the uh, refresh my memory? What's the stipulation in this match? Because it is a tag team match for the W. Whoever gets the pin, whoever Finally. gets the pin, whoever so gets whoever the pin wins. Did it kind of? It really feels like it set us up for Arquette to win this with those that stipulation. It almost well, felt like it was going to happen. Either Arquette or Bischoff. Here comes Kimberly, right, with the referee outfit on. This is probably yeah. a decent part of the show here. This is the probably the number two thing on the show. Probably she is just she in this during this era here, this Russo era, she is playing the Sable spot. That's what she's playing. I, I can't believe Kimberly never made it uh, into WWE at all. No, really but can. if you want to see her, you can. She's in Playboy. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm no, just, I'm just saying. saying, oh, I'm just... saying no, I'm saying that people listening to the show, if they want to see it. Maybe they forgot that Kimberly in her prime did Playboy. Did Playboy in her prime. I'm just as she's one of those notable females that could have done something at that time with the way they were using women then, because she wasn't much in the ring. So she would have fit right in there. So this show is um or this angle gets defended by people saying. Arquette pinned Bischoff. Arquette didn't pin Jarrett to win the belt. He pinned Bischoff, which is a good defense. It makes sense because it wasn't like this actor came in and pinned one of your top wrestlers. They came Correct. in and he pinned a, a, a an executive. And uh, it was just really the stipulation that I just brought up is probably where you ought to have the most beef with everything because it's just nonsensical. Why even put the title on the line like that? Yeah, why would Jarrett want a tag match for the world? Why would he want Why would he want well, It'd be different if, okay, so if Jarrett wants that match and all he does is go after Arquette to try to pin Arquette, then it makes sense. Right. But they and, paired off. I don't even think Jarrett even, probably doesn't even make contact with Arquette during this match. Well, we'll find out. We are going to uh, find out right David here. Arquette, David Arquette, he didn't necessarily think it was a good idea for him to win the title. No, he didn't. Uh, you know, I do have his statement here, uh, if you like. Would you like to hear that, gentlemen? So, you know, when this was brought up to David Arquette and this was pitched, uh, this was sort of his response to this whole thing happening at the time. He says, yeah, but I also could have said no. I didn't really know how much what I could have said, but I could have said, no, I'm an actor. So people tell me, here's your role. This is what you read. This is where you stand. Then we bring our little piece into it and well say, what if blah, blah, blah. And it reads really pretty crappy here, but I could have said no, but then I wouldn't have been able to be part of it. The equivalent of a Hollywood script is you don't say, yeah, you just say, yeah. And I don't think my character would do this. That's not really how it works. Sometimes if you say that and you sh- shut down the set for an hour and debate, you find little ways of doing anything you could in certain ways. These little tricks, there's little tricks to it. In this case, I didn't say there was a ter- I didn't I did say it was a terrible idea. Excuse me. We just never knew it was going to be taken as bad as it was. 
we thought people would be like, ha ha, this is fun, ridiculous. But discrediting the belt and the legacy and the fact it was held by all these different people, and then it was me, an actor from Hollywood, wasn't perceived and wasn't good at all. And that's what he had to say about it. A lot of jumbly words there, excuse me for that, but it didn't really read very well, but that's kind of his take on it. He didn't want to do it, but he said, this is my role. This is what we got to do. And uh, he just kind of, hey, you're paid to do this. You do it. So can you really blame Arquette is what I'm getting at? You can't because he no. was he was involved in it. He told what to do. He did his job, right? Um, we should be more offended by the fact that we have to watch um, Bischoff try to sell and then Bischoff throw offense and then DDP having to sell Bischoff's offense. That's more offensive <laughs> than David Arquette winning the world title. Uh, I, I never understood this whole this whole backlash for this. The oh the the title blah blah blah. Listen, titles don't mean anything. Okay, they, they don't. They did then, Joey Vegas. They did then. No, no, not then. They did in the eighties and the seventies and the sixties. Now, in, in this in this day and age, in the two thousands, nineties, they didn't mean anything. I don't okay. know about that. I think he and, was still. Oh, he just won the title. We're watching now. And 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 another thing with this match that that makes no sense to me, right? Uh, DDP's the champion going in, right? So why is he so happy that David Arquette won? David Arquette basically beat you without <laughs> beating you for the title, and you're sitting there raising his hand in victory. You lost the title to David Arquette. That. Yeah, you make a good point, Joey. That Vegas. is a very good point. That's something that never actually really gets talked about or had with no. me. Is that like the guy that he was tag teaming with was the champion, and he DDP is raising his hand up in the air right now as we're watching it. Our kid's holding the belt, and he's all smiles. DDP here, he's just positively page, I guess. Early on onset, positively page. Yeah. Makes no sense. Like, oh, yeah, congratulations. Yay, you took the title off me. I'm not the champion anymore. That just doesn't make any sense to me. This is this is terrible. That's this is never talked about, Vegas. It's a good point. Just like 1,200 people never talked about. <laughs> I, think all, I think all 1,200 are on one side of this building. Oh, it had to be. Because yeah, it, it looks like a sold-out show. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. I yeah, think they definitely... put everybody on one side. That would have to be weird. I don't think I've ever been to a wrestling show where it was that empty like that. At least a big time one like, you know, WCW or WWF. You want to know why no. Jared didn't win the title here? Because he didn't have a guitar. That's Oh yeah, he needs the guitar yeah. to win, man. Yeah, see, he hits Paige with the belt. Had he hit Paige with the guitar, Mickey J would have counted 3. Yeah. Yeah. So, this show as a collective on cage match. Remember, this is out of 10. This show got a 1.17. Wow. And, and you know, I, I think that's generous. Yeah, very generous. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, you know, kind of looking back too over at this card, um, that I'm seeing here, you know, you got a lot of guys, Bam Bam Bigelow, Chris Canyon. Uh, let's see the wall. Chris Candido was involved in a match. Mike. Awesome. I mean, for the small ass card, Chris Canyon, if I didn't well, say that, I think it did. They're all deceased. Mike. Awesome. And Booker T is probably the best match of that show. 
It's a five. It's the longest. Uh, not even. No, Kidman and Horace went longer, and actually, yeah. this one was longer too. But I'm sure when I watch the show again, if I ever do, uh, I'll let you know. But like, what? Like, if, if you're like, I'm gonna watch this show. You don't watch the show. You watch the main event like we did, and that, and you're like, okay, great, that's it. But there's no reason to watch the whole show whatsoever. No, yeah, this is the kind of show you watch while you're like playing on your phone and shit. You know, this, you guys, there. I just watch these shows because I I did the Russo era of WCW and I lived to tell about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, these shows that that uh, were were bad like this. It was just background noise, and I would just listen to the commentary. Yeah. This show just, like, how do you even, as as somebody that's in the business with Bischoff and Russo, like, that have been there, obviously, for a while, how do you put this on TV and say, hey, yes, we're, we're going to show our fans, show the executives, you know, what is, like, if, if, if anybody's watching this, they're immediately pissed off. And wanted to fire both of them. Yeah, is this your best foot forward? <laughs> yeah, you're coming back, and you're like, "Hey, this is this is what we're gonna do." This is yeah. Now again, and we'll put an our we'll put a bow on this Arquette stuff. This is this has gone down as Tony Schiavone's idea at the end of a creative meeting, and um, Russo said it was Schiavone, and Schiavone said it was Schiavone, and. Just some ideas, you know, better left unsaid. I, I, I don't hate that idea. I don't hate the, the David Arquette winning the title. Everybody hates on it. I don't hate that. You're because at the at the time you're trying to get your your twelve hundred people are at this show. Okay. You <laughs> yeah. have nothing to lose at this point. You're trying to get a, a mainstream, you know, David David Arquette was never like an A list celebrity, but he was a B list celebrity. He's he's been in the business, his sister obviously more so, but you have him winning your title, trying to get people to tune in. So I don't hate the idea. I never hated the idea either. I think I if you would have made it a little more sense, right? Correct. Man? Like if they would have, if they would have just made it just a little bit more logical, Jarrett should have been champion going into this match. Yes. Arquette pins Bischoff. Arquette becomes champion. Then DDP has something that he could celebrate and not look like an idiot for celebrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you guys on that. Um, I've never really liked it. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think Arquette should have ever been the champion, but uh, I, I can't argue with the fact that where the company was, and they did have nothing to lose at this time. So, you know, I why not? Why not give it a shot and change things up and get some eyeballs to the product if they could and, and save whatever they could possibly salvage or what they had left. But as you know, we did an episode on this uh, a year ago or so, a little over a year ago, and uh, we, what was the true demise of this company? What was the worst thing? And this was one of the things we put up there, but uh, it was already pretty. We kind of all agreed that the company was already probably too far gone and dead for this to have been the thing that actually put it out of its misery. But you know, I don't think any actor sh- should truly have a, a championship belt. I think it dilutes the. It dilutes the whole lineage. It it shits on it. It it makes it not serious anymore. Especially one that's uh, looks like David Arquette, who's not even a. He doesn't even look like he'd be a wrestler. You know, I know he did get into some. He had some matches, a, a pretty brutal one at, at that. Uh, I think they featured that on Dark Side of the Ring, right, Dick Ford? Remember that? 
Yeah. So next month on this show, um, two of the three here um, turn 40. And uh, Madness wants to do this gimmick where we have our, we get to pick the show. And his birthday's first, and he wants to do the 1992 Royal Rumble because uh, we did a show on the 92 Royal Rumble, and you just never heard it. So we're going to do it again. Yeah, we had a uh, we did this back in actually January of 2022, and uh, we had a major sound issue with that show, and it never really made air. So for my 40th birthday, which will be May 6th, we'll release it that day, um, we're going to go pick up by the Royal Rumble a little bit. We're going to do Royal Rumble out of uh, out of season, as, as, as they like to say. And then uh, May 20th follows that, and Dick Ford will have the... Uh, I'm going to tell you what stage. it is. I'm ready I'm to hear it. I was going to ask you, actually, if you I'm going to tell you what it is. I can't you know wait to what? hear it. Joey, Joey Vegas. Hold on. Joey Vegas. Do you have a guess? Do you yeah. have a guess on what this is going to be? Or do you already know? No, I have no idea. You know guesses? No guesses. You know it's going to be something Jarrett-related. Oh, well, probably. Well, because I am. It's going to be King of the Mountain match. Because I, because I am so. Um, in tune with telling stories on this show and, and having a thread throughout several shows for my birthday, we're going to watch David Arquette defend this WCW title that he just won at the pay-per-view slam in the three tier cage from ready to r- 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 rumble baby. And there we go. And we're going to put a bow on this David Arquette thing. How about that? I, I, I'm actually surprised he didn't do, uh, you know, all Japan uh, pro wrestling from, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for some obscure, some obscure women's match from New Japan in like from 1987 or something. No, but, I uh, think to do Arquette. I think it fits. I think it's apropos. We're going to cover David Arquette twice in a year here, or within a month. Even. And it's the last time. So be it. Let's do it. That's it. I mean, he's done after that. He doesn't do anything else. So that's it. We're going to cover the Arquette run, the triple cage. Why Why not? What do we got to lose? Right before that triple cage match, Jeff Jarrett tells Gene Oakland that he's going to slap his liver spots in two. <laughs> Love it. It's going to be great. All right. All right. Let's play uh, Who Am I? Let's go. And I then we'll work. To, I think you need to get a theme song for this. I know. Well, this has been a very popular, this is a very popular game that we play. The people that I've talked to that listen to the show play along, which was always my hope. So wonderful. I, I do need a theme song for this. It's very, it's very true. This one's very easy. Uh, if you, if you aren't familiar, we're going to play this game. It's called who am I? I'm going to read these guys, six clues. These, these Jay Brones over here. And uh, they have to guess. Who is it? So and this is uh, going to be WCW 2000. I narrow it down for you guys. I make it as easy for you as I can. And it's somebody on the WCW roster during the time that we watched um, the show, which was April of 2000. All Madness, right. We'll start with you, Madness, since you're the only one who's gotten, who's beaten me, and you beat me once. We'll start with you. Here is clue number one. I was born in the year 1967 in the country of Canada, eh? Hmm, 1967 in Canada. Oh, let's go with uh, 
I don't, I don't know. It was Ernest the Cat Miller? <laughs> I don't think he was Canadian. He was the he was the answer on the last show. Oh yeah, that's right. Why would he be twice? I would not do him twice. All right, Vegas. We'll start with you. Clue number two. I've had eight different ring names in my career, and one of them was Casanova. Um, so easy. Well, yeah, but it's too easy not for me. For men, it's probably. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I don't know, Chris Canyon. That's a good guess. At least he's on the roster. All right, madness. Here's clue number three. I was trained by Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, you know, I I feel like I know. I feel like I I'm getting an idea of this. Here, I know. There's a uh, Lance Storm. Good guess. That was a good guess. I mean, that is a good guess. I was thinking that, but I didn't. Here we go. Clue was number he... four. Was he on the roster? Uh, I, think yeah. he, I think he comes in April. Oh. I mean, uh, well, I think he comes in May. I yeah, could... He was trained in Calgary anyways. So. <laughs> I've wrestled in all Japan pro wrestling, AAA, CMLL, TNA, XPW, Wrestling Society X, Lucha Underground, JCW, World Wrestling Council, UWA and WCW. Uh, uh, is, it, is it Madness's turn or Vegas's? It's my turn because he guessed. Oh, okay. Uh, Lance Storm. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 you can pass. You can pass. Uh, maybe it was somebody on this car. I don't know. The wall? I don't know. <laughs> All right, clue number five. I have a daughter whose godfather is screaming Norman Smiley. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Christ. Screaming Norman godfather, Canadian, 67. Dude, I'm drawing so many blanks here in like a. Wow. Uh, I thought this one was going to be easy. This... Well, yeah, you always say that. Jesus Christ, uh, Canadian. Yeah. Let me pass. Go ahead, Joey Vegas. You got a guess, Vegas? Eat. For those of you that are just getting into this game, it's one guess per clue, and then we move on to the next one. Vegas, you have yeah. a. I I don't. Okay. Here we go. We'll start with Vegas. Clue number six. I won tag titles in WCW and AAA, and I was ranked number 31 in the PWI 500 in the year 2000. Uh, tag titles in WCW and AAA. Um, Vampiro. Oh, we got it right! <laughs> wow. Well, that was a total shot in the dark, I'll be and honest. the live studio audience gives you a round of applause. God damn it. I knew that one was going to be too easy. 
What was I, the other? What was the next clue? That was the last clue. That was the last one. Yeah. Oh wow! I wasn't even thinking about Vampiro. You would have had to have mentioned I, something about the Misfits. I, I I I I was trying to throw you off when I saw that he was from Canada. I was like, they'll never guess Vampiro is from Canada. Well, I I knew he was uh, because wasn't he the the AAA uh, tag team thing they just had? Wasn't Vampiro on Team Canada? He might have been. I think he was the the Lucha Libre tag, World Tag Team deal or something. Six man, oh, I don't know. Bitch. Well. Three wins for Ford, one win for Madness, and one win for Vegas. So Vegas is on the board, and now it's a race. Congratulations. It's a good job. Well, it was only because AAA and tag team. That last clue. That last clue fucking got me. I should have just went with I was number 31 in the PWI. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was no shot because I didn't know he's Norman Smiley's goddaughter or whatever thing. I always remember remember Vampiro. If you would have said something about the Misfits Uh coming into WCW, because I'm a big Misfits fan, uh, that would have sparked my interest and understanding. But congratulations, Joey Vegas. Yep, there you go. Congratulations. He's on the board. You can follow this show on Instagram, at Coffee and Wrestling. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, at Coffee and Wrestling. Go to coffeeandwrestlingpod.com to find all the links. You can follow me, Ford, on Twitter, at Ford Complains. You can follow Vegas on Twitter. He's at Joey S. Vegas, and the S does not stand for Scott. And you can follow Madness on Instagram. That's right, Madness on Instagram, at the Mike Madness. And uh, our next episode is going to be what? It's going to be uh, the May 6th one, right? It's going to be your birthday episode. We're going to watch the 1992 Royal Rumble in May. And uh, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long show. Hey, you know, you can't go wrong with the 92 Royal Rumble. To me, it's the best Royal Rumble. And I think it's always going to be to me. So it's just the way it is. And I'm not even that big of a flair guy. And, and you know what, the way Heenan and Monsoon call that thing, you know, if you haven't seen it, you know, watch it, watch it before and with us because it's that good. Definitely watch it with us. That's the whole fucking point. And then <laughs> um, our second show, our second show in May, we're going to watch uh Slamboree 2000s main event in the triple cage. Yes. David Arquette defends the world title that we just watched him win in front of 1,200 people in Syracuse, New York. He's going to defend it against, uh, oh, Jarrett's in that match. DDP's in that match. It's the triple cage from Ready to Rumble. We will watch that next month as well for my birthday. Happy birthday uh, to me. So uh, for Vegas, the sexiest big man in podcasting, for Madness, I'm Ford, and we'll see you guys next month. That's right, next month for the 1992 Royal Rumble. Also, rest in peace as we are the uh, as we record this. It's the anniversary of Rick Rude's passing, so uh, rest in peace to Rick Rude. Never forgotten, even if nobody really remembers the day that he died because of Columbine. For Vegas and Madness, I'm Ford. We'll see you guys next month as we watch the 1992 Royal Rumble, and. Slamboree 2000. We'll see you guys next time. 
oh, you know what? We can't go out yet because I got to throw it to JCD with this week's PW120. Sorry, JCD. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. We'll see you guys next month. The Pro Wrestling 120, the fastest 120 seconds in pro wrestling. Hey everybody, this is John JCD Dimasavi for the PW120, and I've talked more about this guy in the past month and a half than I think I have in the nine years that he was out of WWE, but man, CM Punk, from a news perspective, is the gift that keeps on giving. We all know the news by now. Showed up backstage at Raw for a bit last night, and more importantly, even for the short amount of time he was there, spoke to Triple H and made amends with The Miz. And I know some people, oh, Miz, what's the point of that? If you really think about it, making amends with Miz is huge because outside of John Cena, Miz is probably the longest tendered member of that roster more or less so you know if you could do right by him you're you're in a good place what does this mean i don't know i know some people have speculated he's looking to come back i I don't know if that i'll give you an aspect nobody's talked about yet and it's only 11 o'clock on tuesday morning is what does tony khan do from here you're supposed to have this meeting you're building another show around him you're splitting your roster and this guy goes backstage to roll and talks to Triple H. How is this going to go? That meeting with Chris Jericho hasn't happened yet. I'm sure Jericho's not going to be thrilled. If I'm the Bucks and Kenny, I'm just telling Tony, see, we told you this guy's no good. This may end up doing more harm than good for Punk in AEW. And what was already going to be at best a questionable situation, now Punk, maybe this is what Punk wants. Maybe Punk wants it to blow up. Maybe Punk wants out. Maybe Punk sees the writing on the wall. Who knows? I'm sure everyone's going to have their own version of what happened, but will we truly know? I don't know. For the PW120, this is John JCD Demiselli.